and then do not be afraid to charge. I, I have to repeat that. You cannot, you have, you cannot be afraid to charge. You have to value yourself and your work, and you deserve to get compensated for your time and your expertise. No degree, no problem. Any problem, we can solve them. LinkedIn insomnia keeps us evolving. We're growing in the knowing. The wisdom is flowing. If you didn't know, now you know where I'm going. Welcome to another episode of the No Degree Podcast. Today's guest is Zusha Golden. But before I introduce him, I want to personally thank you for tuning in and supporting our show. If you haven't yet, hit that follow or subscribe button. I encourage you, don't keep this to yourself. Share these inspiring stories with your friends. Invite them to subscribe and connect with us on social media. So Zusha, it's been a while. I've watched your journey. I've watched you move from New York to LA and you're doing big things. You photographed some famous celebrities. What is it? Monica from Friends, Samuel L. Jackson, Ben Stiller. And I know you have so many more. Can you give a brief intro of yourself? Yes. Hi, guys. My name is Usha Golden. I am a headshot and portrait photographer based in Los Angeles, California. I'm the youngest of 10. I was born and raised in Brooklyn. I moved out here two years ago right when COVID started. And uh, there's been a lot of blessings recently. Wow. So you take photos, right? Like what type of photo? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. So I take photos that convey a story. I'm trying to always make each part of the image that you see be pretty in its own right. And uh, the reason why I'm specializing more in portraits and people is because I believe that humans, as humans, we are all kind of the same, but also uniquely different. And we all have intrinsic value. And so I believe every single person that I photograph has a different story that they can convey in the image via who they are, their essence, capturing them, styling, wardrobe, location, all of the uh, variables that go into a photo shoot. And I derive so much enjoyment from shooting portraits as opposed to, you know, landscapes and all the types of photography, which are also a lot of fun and, and, and it's amazing. But for me specifically, that's what I'm I'm veered into, which is portraiture. So how was high school like for you? And what do you want to be in high school? What an amazing question. High school for me was, I had an amazing experience. I'm sure this happens for many people uh, where they're through, when they're actually in school and throughout school, they kind of didn't have the best experience. But after the fact, in hindsight, they say, wow, that was, I had an amazing time. I learned so much. I had great friends. My teachers were great. Uh, and so there were ups and downs, as there usually is when you're a teenager. But overall, it was uh, it was a really really pleasant experience. And uh, regarding what I wanted what I wanted to be in high school, I honestly didn't know. I I didn't think that far in advance because I knew that there's time. Uh, but right in my last year of high school is when I decided I'm doing photography for sure because I've always loved photography, but I wasn't sure that I would be going into it professionally. But my last year in high school, I decided, okay, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm passionate about. I love what I'm doing. And I'm going to build a career out of this. And uh, so far, it's going really nicely. At No Degree, we share stories of people who are successful without a college degree. But No Degree doesn't mean no education or no skills. And that's why I want to tell you about Business XP, the sponsor of today's podcast. Business XP is a new alternative to business school. If you want to gain the skills and confidence to start a career in business or start your own business, you should take a serious look at Business XP. Here's what's really unique about it. 
Business XP uses the world's most advanced business games and simulations to help you learn about business in the fastest and most effective way possible. Imagine playing realistic games that can help you be successful in business and life. Business XP training is completely online and you can do it at your own pace with live coaching when you need it. In a matter of weeks, you can be better prepared to win your first job or level up your career or be ready to start your own business. You can find out more and check out the special no degree scholarship offer at business-xp.com forward slash no degree. That's business-xp.com forward slash no degree. The link is also in the show notes. Yeah, no, it's going really well. So now a lot of people say, hey, I want to do photography, but you actually took certain steps. So what were the first big steps? Did you go buy a camera? Do you start taking photos with your phone? What'd you do? So the first thing I ever did uh, regarding photography was... I first got a camera. It was a Sony A6000 crop sensor uh, from B&H in New York City, which of course is, is, is huge. And I got that, that camera. As soon as I had it, I, I have, I'm the youngest of 10, right? So I had five sisters so, who were living at home at the time. And so I photographed each one of them individually just for practice. Then I photographed their friends and then my brothers and my brother's friends. And then I built up a small portfolio of different people uh, in my local community. And then I got a very inexpensive website from GoDaddy and uh, put those photos up on there. And from there, I uh, would just drop my website everywhere that I, everyone that I met, just because like word of mouth marketing. Um, and I would, I would, every single person I met, I would say, here's my website, here's my website, here's my website. And the second that I made enough money, I printed out business cards to be to become like more legit, uh, and of course I can't forget the main uh, factor was I had to learn photography, right? Like you, you can have an innate eye, like what we call talent, I guess, but you also still have to perfect your craft. And so I would spend hours every single day watching YouTube videos and then taking what I learned, internalizing it, and then applying it and learning as I went. And so I am self-taught. Um, and so after I had my website, my business cards and every, and everything set up, I started shooting local small events in my local community, uh, engagement parties, bar mitzvahs, all, all the, all the, all the fun stuff. Uh, and I finally attended Tribeca Film Festival, which was a goal of mine. I didn't really know really what type of attire supposed to wear really what it was per se but i knew that i wanted to be able to attend festivals and go to premieres and get in like the the hollywood world uh and uh so i had it in mind i just didn't really have a way of being able to get there or or it didn't really seem like a possibility but i was randomly at a passover seder uh which is a jewish holiday where we all get together with different people and uh there was a new york film academy student there and he said Tribeca Film Festival is happening in a few weeks. Would you like my tickets? I'm not going. I said, absolutely. Hell yeah. Uh, and so I attended there in a t-shirt and jeans, not really knowing the, what, what the aesthetic was supposed to be. Really who majority of the people, the actors and talent who was there. Uh, but at the time, I had I print, my, I printed out my business cards, right? So I went through directors, producers, actors, actresses, everybody. I would just give out my business cards. And I... 
didn't really get any shoots from there except for one with an extremely talented actor and friend of mine named Cameron Johnson. He was just in Batwoman and he's writing some comics at DC now. Very talented, really, really genuinely, really nice guy. Uh, and from there, I got a little taste of the industry and how much fun it could be to photograph people in the entertainment side of uh, the sphere of photography. And so I decided, okay, how am I going to get there, right? I said, I have to network. That's, that's what it boils down to. Who knows you and who you know? That's, that's how you're, how you're going to be able to make it in this industry. Uh, and so every time I would watch different TV shows and movies, I would DM them on Instagram and be like, hey, my name is this, this, and this. I'd love to work with you uh, pro bono for free, trade for print. Um, and uh, that was kind of like how I initially got my first in into, uh, you know, because like when I moved out to LA a few years later, I, I already had a network uh, because I built up via social media and online and then connecting and, and whatnot. Uh, that's kind of how I started. Um, but there's, there's a lot more different things I did along the way. But that was kind of my initial after high school, how I got into it, and then how I kind of networked and pursued it. Yeah. So you mentioned you watched a lot of YouTube channels. Were there any YouTube channels that like stood out to you? Like, hey, this is what you recommend like people who are trying to start their craft? There are some really, really great ones. For some reason, my brain is not letting me yeah. remember it. But there is one which stands out. And that is a woman named Jessica Kobesi, I believe. Okay. Uh, and she would do all these types of fun videos, like three photographers, one model, and you see different levels of where they're at holding, like in their craft, yeah. and how they have different angles, and each person has their own creative style and vision, and what, like if they're a beginner, intermediate, expert, and whatnot. Uh, so I learned a lot from her, and then just a lot of just watching tutorials. I would legitimately sit on YouTube and type in how to retouch a portrait in Photoshop, and then I would watch it, and then I would, I would watch five seconds and then I would go on to Photoshop of a photo that I already had a raw photo and I would yeah. copy the exact things. And so I was able to kind of teach myself how to use Photoshop rule of thirds, you know, all the different technical aspects in photography, what makes up a good photo lighting, this, that it was such a wonderful experience. And I, I had a really great time. And even now I still go on YouTube and because you always have to learn, right? you're always perfecting the craft. Yeah. If you're not learning and growing, you're kind of stagnant and you're, you're, you're just in one place. You never want to do that. You always want to be uh, leveling up in every single area in your life. I know like the thing about photography, it's always like doing some shoots, doing some work, upgrading, upgrading, upgrading. It's always like upgrading this lens, yes. upgrading that. So like, how, do, how does someone manage that, right? Because it's tough because I, I look at some of these lenses and it's like, oh, this lens is like 2K. This one's like this much. This one's like this much. And I know, like I have a friend who has like a million dollars worth of equipment that he built over 10 years wow. and then he rents it out. So it's like, how, how does one manage that? So I have been incredibly blessed that I have the support system of my older siblings. And to be completely transparent, my older siblings legitimately bought me my first camera. Otherwise, I would have to go and uh, get a nine to five to be able to acquire the money, the capital to be able to buy my first camera. I mean, it wasn't very expensive, my first camera. And from there, I started making my own money and was able to buy more equipment as I leveled up. But it's, photography equipment is insanely expensive. Like cameras can be a few thousand, then you have the lenses, which are next level expensive. You think cameras are expensive? Try lenses. You know it, but I'm saying for the, the yeah, casual yeah. viewer, lenses they can go with thousands and thousands and thousands compared to the camera. It could be 800, 1500, three grand, five grand, but yeah, lenses 
are, are very yeah. costly. So it's it's everybody you know has has a different different blessings and challenges in their life, and for some people they have to work a lot more and uh, be able to acquire the, the capital to be able to purchase their camera and equipment. And for some people they they have the blessing of having help. Uh, and so I mean I did full on like by American standards maybe I'm oversharing a bit, but it's okay. I grew up in like poverty. And so I definitely did not have any, like, I didn't have uh, anyone really buying me stuff, but I did have some of my siblings in the, in the beginning definitely uh, helped me a bit on, on that front. So I'm definitely very blessed on that front. And I acknowledge that. Now, obviously, it's a lot of pro bono work, right? So now I know there's like debates within the industry of like, hey, you should always charge. So how did you balance that? Because sometimes, hey, it makes sense to do pro bono work. And because what happens is, you know it's going to lead to business. It's going to lead to portfolio. And other times there are people trying to take advantage of you. We're like, true. hey, can you do this pro bono? So how does one find that balance? What an incredible question. I have to think hard on this because I don't want to give any creatives bad advice because I think that there's so much of that out there. And yeah, well, I'll go back to what I was saying previously. I had the blessing of being able to live in my parents' home for the first few years while I was doing this photography, so I didn't really have that much responsibility. So I was able to not charge for my work at the beginning to build up my portfolio. Uh, and because I didn't have rent to pay, I didn't have to buy food, I was living at home, right? Uh, but if you're, let's say you're married with kids, or if you're paying your own bills and whatnot, you don't have as much leeway. For example, many times the people who are most successful, the people who are able to take more risk and have more risk tolerance, and the people who necessarily work harder, right? So it's kind of all about your risk tolerance and, and, and whatnot. I think in the beginning, you're going to have to do free work in order to showcase your skill and build up a portfolio and create word of mouth. Um, but overall, I think it's extremely important that as soon as you build up that portfolio and you get your name out there, you don't allow yourself to be taken advantage of. Because I know us creatives have zero business sense. The only thing we know how to do is create great work. And we, we don't understand that you know, we have to be compensated not just for the deliverables, but for our time, our expertise, our brand, all the different, our, our, our depreciating equipment. For all the different aspects of your industry, you deserve to be compensated. And so if you undervalue yourself, undersell yourself, it does two things. One, if you're so cheap, not inexpensive, because inexpensive and cheap are two different things, right? So if you're cheap, not only will clients, potential clients look at you and be like, I don't know if I want to go with this person because they're I mean, why are they charging so little? What's wrong with their service? Are they are they not going to give me good work? And the second thing is, is that it kind of creates for the beginner and medium tier photographers, it creates them to not the ability to not really have necessarily that much income coming in. Because if you're a if there are two photographers, one is a medium tier, they're both medium tier, right? And one is charging here, and another one is charging here. People are going to say, oh. I'll go with the one who's charging less. And so you're going to decrease the value in your entire industry by charging less. Overall, you have to, I think you definitely have to do free work at the beginning, but it's also very important to understand your value and charge what you're worth. Because if I'm being completely transparent, which I'm being a lot in this specific uh, podcast, even now to an extent, there are times when I really struggle charging what I'm what I deem is my worth. And I have to reframe my mindset and be like, I'm not six years ago when I was first starting out. 
I leveled up in every single area. And so there's no reason why I shouldn't be charging my worth and whatnot. So it's just a, it's a mental game and a mental process you have to work on to be able to really charge what you're worth. And it's very, very, very important. No, it is very important. So what is sort of a beginner rate? Like, you know, you got a little portfolio and now you could start charging. What's like a beginner rate for headshots? And then the other thing is other people have to realize that there's the editing involved too. Yes. So a lot of people don't realize like, oh, this person charges 200, 300, 400. Oh, they're just taking like, they're only going to give me four photos. They don't realize like there's travel time, there's setup exactly. time. Maybe you're renting equipment and you're doing all that. Then it's going back, right? So it's not like you could just do five of those portraits a day. You can maybe only do two. And then there's getting the right shot, getting the lighting and all that. And then the post follow-up, getting the edits, kind of going exactly. through the photos. So, right? So can you tell me more about this? Yeah, so it, it depends on like what tier you are, I guess, in general. I think when you're first, first, first starting out, Honestly, I think everybody should be compensated for their work. I'm not a believer in like unpaid internships. I understand it conceptually, but I'm not a believer in that. I think there's no reason why even an, like someone who's just interning can't get paid a little bit, kind of at least pay for their transportation or their, their lunch or whatever, right? I, that's kind of my general beliefs. But in the beginning, I don't think it's really how the world works. So you're going to have to put out free work. And then once you, you built up a little bit in your craft, like you're actually good, and then also... You, you marketed yourself, you branded yourself to a certain extent, you can charge anywhere from $99 for a, a, like a, a headshot yeah. session to $350. And then $350 to $550, $650, $650 $8, $850, and then up and, and whatnot. It depends, on, it depends on really where you're at. It's, more, it's hard for me to really throw out a number because I feel like it's more individual-based. Well, I'm more talking about... So the beginner rate would be like 100 to 350 That's what I'm thinking, If you're yeah. kind of... Er- in your early phase and, you know, the entry-level camera type thing. Yeah. I'm saying you still have to, I mean, if you're going to be charging 350, you still have to be producing good work, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, and the experience, I, which I think is also not spoken about enough. It's not just about the deliverables. A big, big, big part of it is very much about the actual experience of the photo shoot itself for your clients and whatnot. I think it's highly underrated. What do you mean by experience? Like it means having good time, the communication. What does is, what is the experience of a photo shoot mean? So the experience of the photo shoot, which means from the, the second you have the first contact with your client, the intro call, the, the sales process, all of that, until after the receipt is received. It should be a pleasant experience working with you just to make them understand and see why you're doing what you're doing, the value in it, and uh, a seamless process for them. Make, make them comfortable and uh, understanding everything about the process. And especially even on set, there's, I'm saying, of course, you know, the industry I'm in, there's a lot of rogue photographers, you know, there's a lot of predators, a lot of horrible people. Uh, and so I think as a photographer, it's very important to create a safe space on set, make your clients, the person, the people you're shooting with comfortable, and once you got that aspect out of the way, make the experience actually fun. And that means, you know, having music on set, if they're interested, having like craft services, right? Have like water, some snacks, some toothpicks to clean out their teeth after they're finished eating the snacks. Just being personable and, and, and kind of treating them like your, your friends. Because that's, I think, how you get them to also open up and be more comfortable on camera and uh, makes just the entire experience more pleasant. So that's kind of what I mean regarding the entire experience. Yeah, that makes sense. Because, I, I mean, I've seen some photographers, how they, they work in LA, and I'm kind of like, wow. I, 
I mean, I guess no good for you. I mean, you're getting work and you're, you're getting a big sum for it. So clearly it works for you, but yeah, no judgment, no names, no judgment. Yeah, yeah. No, it makes sense because I, I've seen that happen a lot. It's like, hey, I tried to email this person. I can't get in contact. They didn't respond. And it's not a pleasant experience. And it changes how they approach the thing, right? It changes how they view you, right? Because a lot of people are creatives, but some, some creatives are not professional, right? They don't have that business sense of how to sort of treat their customer. Now, you obviously were doing it for a few years and then you moved to LA. Did you always plan on doing it? How did that happen? And when did you decide like, hey, I have to make this move to take my career to the next step? The first time I was in LA was when I was 11 or 12 years old. My uh, brother married a girl from California. And so when they had their first child, I came out here to visit them. I stepped foot out of LAX airport. It was the middle of January. And I saw it was like the palm trees and the warm weather. And I was like, this is insane. I'm moving here. Um, and I don't know what it was. I don't know what it was. I just it was so strange. I legit stepped out of the airport and I just felt this magnetism. I, I just, I, it's, I can't, I'm speechless because I can't really explain it. There's, there's no explanation for why I just suddenly fell in love with the city. And so over the years, I'd go back and forth and visit. And in school, I would tell all my friends, I'm moving out to California. I'm moving out to California. I'm going to move out there one day. And they would all make fun of me because I, I would always, they would do this. They'd be like, talk, talk, talk. Because I would always talk about how I was moving to California. I guess maybe that was a little not nice of them in hindsight, maybe a little bullying, but it's okay. Um, and I, it was always been a goal of mine to move out to, out there, out here, or at least be by coastal. And so March 1st, 2020, I was in New York and I said, I think it's time. So I reached out to my brother and sister-in-law out here, which shout out to them, Shalom and Ariel. They had me in their house for six months. They planned on it for two weeks because I was going to move into their home until I was able to get situated in LA, but then COVID hit and I ended up quarantining with them. Uh, so shout out to you guys for allowing me to live in your home for so many months. Um, and a few months after COVID started, I moved from their home into LA, like central LA area where I live right now. And uh, it's been, I mean, it's just, thank God, it's been so many incredible blessings. It's, it's it really, it's yeah, yeah. working out for me. I'm very, very thankful. It's amazing. That's kind of how I got to the city. Okay. No, that's, that's cool. So when, like, obviously it was always a dream, mm -hmm. but what made you make it a reality? Because obviously you built up your portfolio for three years. What made it the reality? What's the trigger point? Like, hey, I can actually do this now. I got to think on this one because... Because I remember the post. I remember like, I was like, oh, he's he's serious. He's moving out to LA. Like, this is cool. This is crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember writing that post two years ago. The second that I had in my mind that I wanted to pursue photography and I wanted to pursue it big, of course, there's always self-doubt. But I had like this delusion where I was like, quite frankly, I still 100% believe it right now. You can do anything you set your mind to do. I legitimately think that anyone can do anything they set their mind to do. Of course, there's some limits to that, right? You know, if you're... I get it. I'm not making... Look, I'm not getting into the MBA. It's, it, I've given up on that dream. That's okay. I mean, realistically, yeah. right now, no. But yeah. <laughs> in general, I'm saying, you, if you, you want to, you know, become a chef, you want to this, you can do anything you set your mind to do. So I would... Yeah. As much as I... My, like the, the logic side of my brain was like, this is, I mean, this is abysmal. What are you thinking? I didn't allow myself to think that. I just reframed my mindset. And I just said, I'm not going to self-reject. I'm at least going to try. You know, yeah, like, yeah. you can't, you'll never know if you don't try, if you don't try. And one of my favorite quotes, which I live by is, rather regret the things I've done than regret the things I haven't done. It's gotten lost in over the past few decades. I'm not sure who the, who the author of that quote is, 
But I live by it because I think life is about experiencing experiences and you have to pursue your dreams and you have to try, especially if you had the ability to take more risks, right? If, you, if you're not, if you don't have responsibility, like you don't have kids to take care of or a family to support necessarily. Um, and so in my head, it was just a bit, I was, I was like delusional, honestly. No, you have to look as a creative, you sort of have to be delusional, right? Yeah. Like I'm pretty sure you, if you were not delusional, you would not have gotten the gigs that you got, right? Like, absolutely. It's just, if you didn't believe in yourself, it wouldn't happen. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. It's, it's, it requires just being delusional, being like, I mean, why not? Why not? How can you know if you don't try? Why not? Who cares if there's 10,000 other photographers, this competition? There could be room for everybody and you have to try, right? Whatever industry yeah. you're in, whatever you want to do, whatever you want to accomplish, you have to try. Now, so was your big break when you took a photo of uh, Charlie from TikTok, who has the second, now she's the second most, she had the most amount of followers for a little bit. She actually lost it recently. Was that sort of a, like a big break for you? Yes, Absolutely. I want to just preface this conversation with saying how much I adore the D'Amelio family. Mark, Heidi, yeah. Charlie, Dixie, D'Amelio, some of the nicest people I've ever worked with, genuinely kind, treated me so nicely. I'm a big, big supporter of them. My big break, yeah. So it, it, as soon as I shot with them, in every single area of my career, like yeah. the trajectory suddenly went like skyrocketed. I mean, I'm saying, I'm talking from press to social media followers to brand value to I just in every area. And so that leveled me up to the next level. And that was kind of the start. And from there, I had some big opportunities arise, but they didn't happen because quarantine. Yeah. And then I lost all of those. And then I was very crestfallen and distraught about that. Uh, but then, I mean, it took me about a year and a half or yeah. until, or maybe a bit more until... It was able to, you know, it was like going up and then COVID went all the way down and then yeah, yeah. went back up again after. I mean, that's, that's life and careers. It's just about not giving up, which is actually funny because last summer, I don't tell many people this, although I guess I just started, I booked a ticket back to New York City and I was like, okay, uh, it's, it's, I'm, I'm moving back to New York because I, I give up. I, it's, yeah. I, I can't, I can't make it. And so that, that's that. And then I went on a Pacific Coast highway drive with my brother Shlomo and we had a great deep meaningful conversation like at 1am and we spoke for a while and we came to the realization that giving up is not in my DNA and I would be miserable if I did and it, it, it just, yeah. it, it's not an option and so I didn't which I'm very thankful for because I'm, I'm you know I'm having a lot of success recently and things have been going really smoothly if you want to give up next time send me a message and I'll, <laughs> I'll send you like a video or voice message or something man. you you got I will. to I will yeah so how'd you make the Charlie uh, photo shoot happen like how'd you sort of get that because I know like networking plays a big part reaching out like on TikTok you like not TikTok no I just re okay. reaching out to them legit not, not okay. via TikTok TikTok I mean do, does TikTok even have like a, a messaging platform they do but if they don't follow you back it doesn't work oh properly. Okay. yeah no not, it was it was not TikTok. it was instagram but legit okay. just reaching out wow that's cool yeah it went well and from there it was it was it was off so that yeah like I, it's legit again you can't self-project you never know right you just reach out and and what happens happens wow and that's cool you caught someone well or you caught someone early before like she was doing well but that was before like you know it, she blew up so no that's that's awesome Thank so now you. obviously you did a lot of the right things what were some mistakes you made along the way 
Like, because I know sometimes people buy equipment too early that they can't really utilize or they buy equipment and they forget like, oh, there's also other things I need to buy because I know camera equipment. I remember I paid like 40 bucks for this little metal piece and it gets really freaking expensive. No, exactly. Uh, I will say that I don't think it's as important to have all the photography equipment at the beginning. I think you should definitely first learn lighting and learn more about photography and your craft because it's kind of like, I mean, of course, it's good to have the equipment, but I don't think it's as necessary. You know, yeah, the sun is the is the best lighting we have, and you can you can utilize it in so many different ways. So if you don't have the money, don't feel bad that you don't have the best equipment because there are photographers out there who can shoot a 1920s camera and get impeccable, beautiful, gorgeous shots. And so yeah. I think it's really more about perfecting your craft and learning than it is necessarily about the equipment. Um, and regarding mistakes, I'm sure there are, but my memory eludes me for some reason. Yeah. Hey, look, you're only thinking about good things, so I don't blame yeah, you. Yeah, I also, I also tend to, like, my thought process in general is if I have an embarrassing moment or, a stra- or like a stranger or even a family member or someone hurts me, I will take five minutes to dwell on it, think about it, internalize the hurt, and then drop it and not think about it ever again. I love that. It's, love yeah. That. So it's, it's, I, a lot of, a lot of the time, I don't even, I don't even remember a lot of embarrassing situations or uh, mistakes and stuff because I, I, I just don't dwell on it. So how has the industry changed over time? Because now the thing is like smartphone cameras have come a long way and you always get the common thing like, oh, my smartphone camera, why do you use? So how has that impacted the industry or made things more accessible? Because there are some people who are taking phenomenal shots. I see some of your shots on just your phone and I'm like, wow, you took that on a smartphone. That's crazy. Um, No, that's a great question. So I think there's always going to be a need for professional photos until, you know, we go into metaverse or there's just, it's obsolete. If you're the best at your field, I don't think you're going to really go out of business because there's always going to be a demand for top of the line work. Uh, I think it's a good thing that everyone has smartphones and has cameras, which are very, very good because a lot of people cannot afford to hire photographers and they also deserve to have, you know, quality headshots and they also deserve to be able to capture good moments and, and whatnot. Uh, and so the industry is definitely changing, definitely more toward video to an extent, because for example, I mean, TikTok revolutionized social media. Yeah. Right now you have Instagram reels, you have every single thing is turning toward video, which is, I guess that's the future. So as a photographer, I think it's very important to be able to learn new tricks in, in your trade. Uh, and be able to pivot and adapt. Otherwise, that could kind of be dangerous for your career. Yeah, yeah. And so regarding the industry changing, I don't know exactly yet. Well, I'm kind of still going to have to see as things progress. Um, But I'm saying on my end, very blessed. Thank God. People, everyone having an iPhone, it did not, yeah, it did not slow down or stole any of my clients. We're producing great work for them and uh, the hiring process and whatnot. As of now, which I'm thankful for. No, that's amazing. What about other changes in the industry? Like, has technology made things more accessible and all that? Because I know a lot of these cameras have, like, Wi-Fi. You have, like, some remote shooting and all that. What are some new things that are kind of changing that part of the industry? So, it's actually not even such a new invention, like the Wi-Fi sharing and stuff. But a lot of the times, I will take photos on my camera and then send them. They'll be compressed. It'll be, like, reduced quality straight to my phone. And then uh, I can... I can show them to my friends or, or whoever's right near me. You have obviously the, the ability to 
instantly see your photos and then you have like a a wire to your computer and then you're like it's instant if you're in studio and stuff um but that's that's been for a while any like dramatic changes i mean with every new camera you're usually going to have updated software uh more you know what's the word focus focus points you're going to yeah. have it's going to be upgraded you're going to have different uh, upgraded features but overall yeah i don't think you need the best camera or the best lens although little tip of advice if you are going to be spending money i probably invest more on a good lens than I would yeah. have a good camera. Yeah, yeah. They say you date your camera, but you marry your lens. The lens, like, yes. you'd rather have a cheap camera and an expensive lens versus uh-huh. the expensive camera and the lens. So I, I've been learning a little. Yes, yes, clearly. So you want you want the good glass, right? Because that's, that's you want it to be, cl- you want that clarity and sharpness and the ability to work in, yeah. in, uh, in low light and stuff. Uh, and so that's kind of my thoughts on that aspect of the industry. Now, kind of looking back, what would you say is your biggest accomplishment to date? And if it's tough, I'll give you two answers. I'll give you two choices. Uh, so I have so many lofty goals and dreams yeah. and things which I want to accomplish. And I mean, that's, it's just my life. So I'm going to work toward it and, and hopefully will accomplish. But obviously getting to where I am right now, but not giving up. And even when there's self-doubt, still persevering and, being t- and having tenacity and having the grit and still saying, I'm going to do this. I choose to do this. And showing up every single day, even when I don't feel like it. So I'm proud of myself for that. Because it's hard. Obviously not giving up. What else would you say that you're really proud of? A lot of the people I worked with, I'm very proud that I was able to get to them. I mean, I, some of the people I worked with, they were on my vision board of, in 2020. Yeah. And it took me till this year to shoot with them. But like uh, Sebastian Stan from uh, Marvel, he plays yeah. Winter Soldier. And uh, Octavia Spencer. That was cool. Uh, and just just having the experiences that I'm experiencing every single day I, I, I wake up and I'm, I legit say thanks because I'm just like I, I have so many blessings in my life and I'm just very thankful for them I, I am proud of myself even though I have a lot, my 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 eyes are there but I still have to I feel like journey before destination right now how'd you make that deadline Hollywood sort of thing happen? Because all of a sudden, one day, I'm like, wow, these are some big celebrities. And the whole week is just like, new celebrity, new celebrity. How'd you make that happen? It started with uh, the D'Amelio's, right? So they use a lot of my photos for press releases and like Yahoo and in yeah, yeah. uh, Variety and Deadline. And so from there, I kind of formed and established a little relationship. And then they needed a photographer for this uh, for these, for these, uh, shoot for, yeah. for this, uh, for the contenders. And I was like, yeah, hi. <laughs> um, and so really just networking like crazy. And then from there, I would, I, I even like social media wise, it's underrated, especially for creatives, go on LinkedIn and just connect with, with everybody, your target, your target clients. I would take every single day, type in like a target client and connect with 10 of those every single day. Yeah. Try to figure out a way you can network in person and online because that's what's going to also really help you grow. So you have, there's two facets. Yeah. There's perfecting your craft and then networking like crazy. That's the two elements you need to... Oh, and then not giving up to succeed. No, I mean, it's important. It's a healthy balance because you could be the best photographer in the world, but if no one knows you, it doesn't exactly. matter. And then you can network with everybody. If you don't have the right skills, they don't want to kind of refer you to their friend. It's, it's, it goes hand in hand. You, you kind of need, need both. Now... Was there ever a time the lack of a college degree held you back in this industry? No. no. Okay, that, that's amazing to hear. Did you ever feel insecure about not having the college degree? 
I mean, I feel insecure to an extent, even just talking to people in general, because I mean, it's 2022 and people are way more forgiving now than they were in the past. But yeah. to an extent, it's like, oh, you're, you're a photographer. Oh, you didn't go to college. And which I think yeah. is kind of stupid because you can have very successful people in like the, their career. You can go to college and spend, take out a $200,000 loan. And I mean, you know, you do what works for you and what makes sense. Yeah. I think as long as you're happy and you're able to support yourself and that's what matters really. So I don't think you have to go to college. I don't think you're necessarily like more educated if you go to college. I think you can have, you can have, you can be very educated either way. Yeah. And look, the YouTube videos, they drop so much knowledge. And at the end of the day, if your clients are happy and you're getting results, that's what matters. So now that's what matters. You had these people on your vision board. How was it? So obviously they're on the board. Now you're in front of them taking a photo. How was that? Like, how was it like, oh, did you worry about like messing up and all that? So it's interesting. Before I like got to the area, right? So I got to set like on location in my head. The second I actually walked in, all the anxiety went away. Okay. I just felt like I'm supposed to be in here. I'm supposed to be in this room. You know, I think it's very important to tell ourselves that you belong in every single room that you're in. And you're not lesser or unworthy or anything just because someone is more rich or more famous or you belong in that room just like anybody else does. There's no reason why you don't belong there. And so a lot of the time, it's really just mental games, playing with your psyche, being like, no, I, I, I deserve to be here just as much as anybody else. Yeah. There's no reason why I don't. And uh, also, I, I was, was, was hired on. So, of course, I deserve to be here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> but, of course. Uh, th- things along those lines. Uh, and uh, just reframing your mindset and, and training your brain. It's, it's very important. It all starts with the brain. So let's talk some money. What's like the... And you don't have to necessarily give personal projects, but what's like the ranges of like shoots? Like what, what, should, what numbers should people know about? Because, you know, a headshot versus doing group headshots for like a law firm is like different and you have to approach it a certain way and you have to know certain things and all that. So what what advice would you want to share regarding that? It's very individual in the sense that, as you mentioned, like, okay, if you have one headshot and it's in studio, chances are you can get away with just having yourself on set, having the person show up. You don't really need an assistant. Uh, you might need hair, hair and makeup if they choose or if, or or you can hire a stylist and all different things. So it really just depends. It's more like it's it's more unique to the individual shoot than it is necessarily uh, just like to give a, a, a throw in a straight number. And then, of course, if you're doing like corporate group headshots, it's going to be obviously a bigger price tag because it's an entire different package. Um, but it's it just, it, you know, ranges from a few hundred thousand to not a few hundred thousand, a few hundred comma a thousand, and then, uh, you know, multiple thousands. And then, and one, it just, it's, it's, it, it varies. That's kind of how, at least how I, that's my pricing module. I know like, uh, like the person I knew who has like a lot of camera equipment and he has like the red cams and all that stuff. But yeah, he, he had like a day rate between 1500 to 3,500 at different points in his career. And it was like kind of a day rate, like, hey, I'm at this level, if you want to book me, and he would kind of uh, do it around there. So, I mean, that's good to know that just, again, and I tell people just like, get your rates and slowly increase them over time as you get more experience, better gear. One thing I think is a trick is it's very hard 
it's not, it's nothing is for any creative industry. Photographers are not going to be honest with you. There are no people who are going to be like, this is your pricing model, right? Yeah. This is how you should do it. And so you kind of winging it as you go until you, you have a mentor, which I think is very important to get until you have, you look at other, you're kind of like bouncing off other photographers charge in your area versus it's, it's so it's kind of hard as a photographer. Um, but in general, I'm, I'm pro day rates. Yeah. It just, it depends on the project. Sometimes yeah. it's fixed rates per project. Sometimes it's hourly. Cause if it's like, I, I don't do events so much, but I mean, like if it's, a, it's like a big, nice Hollywood event, I'm down. Uh, and so for me personally, it depends on the project, how many, like if it's portraits or an event or this, it just, it, it, it really depends. Right. So that's kind of, how I price that's my how I price my my shoots. So now you mentioned the bigger shoots. There's like much more collaboration. Who are you collaborating with on these bigger shoots? So there's the hair, and makeup, the assistant. Yeah, so you you have to have an assistant, hair, and makeup on set, uh, stylist. I don't really work so much with them yet, but creative director and just different people on set to be able to make the entire thing come together perfectly. So uh, yeah, just depending on like what scale of the shoot, what type, like it, just many different factors. It's really, I'm finding a lot of it is really very unique to the specific shoot. It varies so much for me. So like, it's, it's hard for me to kind of say like, this is what I always do. Cause it's, it's not, I don't always, I don't always have like many of my shoots don't have any assistance. It's just literally me and my client. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, it, 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 it depends. One piece of advice that I've kind of learned in like sales, they were saying that you should do a price. And you can vary the formula, but seven out of 10 people say yes. So I know the other person would kind of do, he, his price was he would make sure that he did a price that he could get booked like 14 days out of the month, right? So it's about finding that right balance. And if everyone's saying yes to you, you're too cheap. And everyone's saying no to you, then you're too expensive. And it's about finding that right balance based on you know your time and availability. Exactly. Also, do not be afraid to turn away clients. You should make a list of red flags and clients. Yeah. Someone checks those them. I don't care how much that you need that money, unless you you, yeah. you like you get kicked out of this, your house. I don't care how much you need that money. You don't work with them because you're gonna have so much liability and so much like heartache and whatnot. So I like asking this: um, if you could give advice to your 18 year old self, what would you tell 18 year old Zusha? I would say that it's never that deep. Don't take things so seriously. Don't take things to heart that much. It, if it won't matter in a few months or even a few years, it's not worth stressing over. Things will come and go. There's going to be hard times. There'll be better times. It's never that deep. You can relax a bit. It's not worth losing yeah. sleep over. I love it. And what advice would you give to a general 18-year-old who's interested in uh, photography as a career? I would say kind of to do three things. Learn, learn, learn perfect your craft, go on YouTube, learn as much as you can. If you're able to find yourself a mentor, find yourself someone who's 60, 70 years old, who's done what you want to do and learn from them what to do, but more importantly, what not to do and have them guide you because you'll learn on huge, gigantic steps instead of small baby steps every day. And then do not be afraid to charge. I have to repeat that. You cannot be afraid to charge. You have to value yourself and your work and you deserve to get compensated for your time and your expertise. You must charge. I'm like, is it hard for you to send yeah. a text? You type it up, I'll click send. Your email, I'll click send. You're, you're, you, you have to value yourself. So that would be my, my few tid, tidbits of uh, advice that I would give to someone who's just starting out. Oh, I forgot the last one, which I guess it's for another one. It would be 
network. Network like crazy. It's going to help you so much. Talk to people, meet people. It's going to get your name out there and that's going to be, it's, it's going to help you. What's on your vision board now, right? Because you fulfilled the older vision board. Now what's on the new vision board? The new vision board is um, Brad Pitt, Julia Roberts, Lana Del Rey, Emma Stone, Andrew Garfield, Robert Downey Jr. Honestly, the whole Marvel, the whole Marvel cast. Okay. I love them. They're amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Game of Thrones cast. Um, just the Hollywood, like, greats. Meryl Streep, uh, Robert, Danny, uh, Robert De Niro, uh, Denzel Washington. He's amazing. I love him. Um, so many people who I really appreciate their work, I would love to photograph. And hopefully I will one day. So but that's some names which stand out, uh, which I currently remember, which are on my vision board right now. I look forward to it, man. I look forward to seeing the LinkedIn post where you get these headshots. I know. I, I appreciate it. I, I remember when you were supporting it at the beginning, beginning, and uh, I appreciate your support, your support all through now. So thank you. I love it. So now, how would people support you and how would people get in contact with you? Uh, well, I guess there's two ways. You can follow in my social medias and, and like and comment and support. And if you know anyone who needs any photo shoots in New York or Los Angeles, uh, then uh, send them my way. All right. No, I got you. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you. This was such a fun episode. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you. Another great episode. Thank you for listening. Hopefully this information was valuable and you learned a lot. Stay tuned for the next episode. This show is sponsored by you. No Degree wants to remain free from influence so that we can talk about the topics without bias. If you think the show is worth a dollar or two, please check out our Patreon page. Any amount is appreciated and will go towards making future episodes even better. Follow us on Instagram or Snapchat at No Degree Podcast, on Facebook at facebook.com slash no degree INC. If you want to personally reach out to me, connect or follow me on LinkedIn at Janaid Iqbal, spelled J-O-N-A-E-D, last name I-Q-B-A-L. Until next time, No Degree, No Problem. NoDegree.com.